There is a treasure in Poinsk which tells two tales. One part of this treasure is the story of David Grün, who was born here. The other is a so-called golden pig, a Tsarist coin given to the city by the same man, known by then as David Ben-Gurion. In 1906, David Grün was leaving for Palestine. The then 18-year-old boy had no money for a carriage. The coachman drove him to the station for free. Years later, the Prime Minister of Israel, grateful for this gesture and his happy years in Poinsk, decided to repay the debt. He donated a gold coin, which has been kept in the local bank ever since. So we're here at the uh, Documentation Center, which focuses on the history of the town of Poinsk, and I've just been given a small pile of, of uh, photographs freshly donated to the center by a family with roots here in Poinsk. Philip Steele, an American historian living in Poland and fascinated by Zionism, came with me to Poinsk, the hometown of David Ben-Gurion. I'm looking at Ben-Gurion here in old age, and uh, he's sitting in a garden. He's got a glass of lemonade, it looks like, before him. There are three ladies with him and two schoolgirls who are in uniform of some kind. Uh, I don't know where this was taken, but... Uh, most likely Israel, I'm supposing. In the last uh, photograph, Ben-Gurion is again in the center, and uh, two women are, are looking at him, listening quite clearly to, to all he's saying. One of them turns out to be Rachela Nelkin, and it was, it was with her that uh, he, he agreed uh, to go to Palestine. They went together in 1906 in that uh, second Aliyah. He fell out of love with her after about a year or two in Palestine and, <laughs> and remained friends, as we see, all their lives. This, this must be from the early 70s, I'm guessing. But yeah, clearly they, they stayed friends. Look at that smile. She's, she's beaming at him. I'm standing here on Spulna Street in the center of Poinsk. And it is right in this place where I am, which was the centre of David Ben-Gurion or David Grun's life up until the age of around 20. Literally a few metres away from me is the house where he was born, where he lived for the first few years of his life. That house is no more. It is now a park which is commemorated here in Poinsk. Literally a few steps away, he would be able to go to the local synagogue on the other side of the street, maybe... A few dozen yards away, he would have the Beit Midrash, so a prayer house for the Jews of the town. And looking westwards, only a few hundred yards, you see the local church. So it is this place where Ben-Gurion has his ideas of Zionism, where his formation took place, but it is exactly where we are standing now, which shows Ben-Gurion and his immediate surroundings. And it is these surroundings which formed his life and formed his worldview, his Weltanschauung, and his dream. We do not know in what circumstances the Grün family ceased to exist. The Grüns sold their Poinsk property in the 1920s to leave for Palestine, and no information has survived about this place. Near David Grun's family home, I meet Monika Kopańska from the Historical Documentation Center in Poinsk. 
Unfortunately, we are unable to determine what the house where David Ben-Gurion was born looked like. The house that Ben-Gurion describes in his memoirs is his mother's house, which she inherited from her father and which was located in the so-called Goat Alley on the other side of Warszawska Street. Those houses and this one, as I understand it, belong to the family of David Ben-Gurion's father, to the family of Aviktor Grün. It was sold in the 1920s. Unfortunately, no photographs have survived of this house. From the memoirs of Ben-Gurion, I read that he nevertheless spent most of his youthful moments in the garden by his mother's houses, which are described in detail. Certainly all these houses were wooden, they were single-story. Ben-Gurion mentions four rooms upstairs, two rooms downstairs. The houses he talks about were occupied both by the Grun family, by his older brother Aaron, and sublet to other Jewish tenants. We are standing now in the part of the city at the rear of what is now Warszawska Street. We are on the section that used to be called Koja Street, and now this part of the street is called Spulna Street or Common Street. I think it got its name because of the former Jewish community. It was a very condensed place in terms of construction. On the corner of Spulna and Warszawska Streets, there's going to be a mural which depicts Ben-Gurion doing a headstand. He was very well known right up until uh, his late age of being a, a keen uh, fan of gymnastics. And also the mural shows, depicts the gates of Jerusalem. And now it is this symbolic gate which Ben-Gurion passed in 1906 when he left this town to go to Palestine. In the last decade of his life, uh, David Ben-Gurion wrote quite a lot about his, uh, his family in Poinsk and about his upbringing here, about the home that once stood on this little square where we're standing. He stressed uh, how important his, his grandfather was in his education. He used to sit on his grandfather's lap and, and learn Hebrew. The grandfather could actually speak it. It wasn't merely a liturgical language for him. So his grandfather began by uh, teaching him the names of the parts of the body. You know, here's my elbow, what's that? Here's my knee, how do we say that? By the time he was, from his accounts, it sounds like he was five or six, he was actually speaking, in a childish way obviously, but speaking Hebrew with his, with his grandfather. An educated man, he was a kind of, of lawyer. The Polish terminology is, is much richer, in fact, than, than English. But he was a lawyer who worked here in Poinsk, helping in particular the Polish population with its uh, various bureaucratic troubles and, and requests vis-à-vis uh, -vis the Russian authorities. After all, Poinsk was in the Russian partition of, of Poland at the time. And uh, Avigdor, David's father, Avigdor Green, had the same profession. He was a, a lawyer. Um, he spoke Polish, he spoke Russian. Yiddish was in fact the language at home, but also spoke Hebrew. And um, Poinsk is... Uh, is actually part of a, a very interesting region regarding 19th century Jewish history. The upper quarter 
the northeastern corner of today's Poland, if we were to cut it into four pieces, right, that northwestern corner had a hugely significant Jewish population, especially in the smaller towns. Jews comprised at least half of the population. Here in Poinsk, it was, it was closer to about 60%. When David Ben-Gurion was a boy, there were about 8,000 people living in Poinsk, and about 5,000 of them were, were Jews, so about five to three. In the uh, last third of the 19th century, there were some very powerful currents flowing uh, within the Jewish community regarding religion, regarding politics, and... Uh, there was the Hasidic movement. There was the movement against the Hasidic movement. Uh, this concerns uh, Jews that are called Mitnagdim. These were opponents of uh, rigorous legalistic Hasidism. There were also the Maskalim. These are Jews who were associated with the Jewish Enlightenment. It's, it's known as the Haskalah. And uh, these currents and others, including from uh, the 1870s in particular, including Zionism, including socialism, were all competing with each other, sometimes even quite furiously, in ways that, that divided families, fathers and sons and so forth. Zionism is, is a very strange thing. I mean, the idea of Zionism goes back, you know, the 1900 years to the uh, expulsion in Roman times after the Jewish uprising. Zionism as a political idea, as one promoted by various people, not only Jews but also especially Christian evangelicals, dates to the early 19th century. However, Zionism as a movement, and this is kind of the strange part, was born twice. The first time it was born, when it caught the imagination of Jews and of evangelical Christians and brought about the first aliyah, the first wave of Jewish emigres to Palestine. That happened in the early 1880s, so the 15 years before Herzl excited what, what was the second Zionist movement as a movement. So, yeah, in 1882, the very first uh, grouping within what we call Hofefe Sion, that means uh, lovers of Zion, the first Zionist movement, was in Suwałki, Poland. That's a town somewhat northeast of, uh, of points. But across this region, groups of Hofefe Zion, lovers of Zion, arose, uh, including in the Green family. David's father, Avigdor, uh, was an adherent of uh, the Lovers of Zion movement. He became a leader within that movement and, and conducted Lovers of Zion meetings in, in the Green family home. Later, when Herzl appeared on the scene, he loomed as a, as a messianic figure in the Green family. And that would have been 1896, when Der Judenstaat, the Jewish state, was published. But the Green family, along with hundreds and hundreds of other Jews here in Poinsk, followed uh, Herzl's career, followed the first Zionist Congress in 1897, and showed a very, very strong attachment to Zionism, all the while mind you, being religious Jews. David remembers his father praying at the synagogue every day. He didn't dress like an Orthodox Jew. He was known to wear a, a shorter coat and to wear some kind of a top hat. But he was a, a praying man, a believing man. Messianic ideas fueled his, his fascination with uh, the recreation of a Jewish homeland in its ancestral 
homeland in Palestine. And David himself, as, as a young boy, was then deeply influenced by both religious notions of Zionism, again, regarding restoration and messianic hopes. He named his own daughter, you know, later, I'm jumping ahead with the story, but he named his own daughter Geula. And Geula, in Hebrew, means redemption. This was what the restoration of a Jewish state was to bring about, a redemption, religiously conceived of, of uh, the Jewish people as such, as a people. I'm standing by the River Puanka. We've walked only about three or four hundred meters to get to this place. And it is here where David Ben-Gurion in his youth would come with his friends to bathe in this river, which is now regulated. It was probably regulated at the beginning of the 20th century, very lazily flowing along with water lilies and not really much of a river. It's more of a stream, I would say. And it's incredible to think, like in this whole story of David Ben-Gurion, how he would be dreaming of creating the state of Israel while lying on the banks of this river on a hot summer's day. The Ponca of today is nothing like the river of a hundred years ago, a river that was famous for its clarity and breadth as well as its depth. To this day, I cannot imagine how it was possible to do flips into this river and how Isaac Grunbaum could drown in it. All four Jewish men learned to swim in this river. They loved this place. Both them and the rest of the people of Poinsk who came to spend every free moment here on the pastures that were located here and the meadows by the Ponka River. David's hometown is called Poinsk in Polish and uh, that name comes from the, the small river. And it's another example of how powerful uh, Zionism had become for young David and his friends while they were still teens. It was in the summer of 1903 that David and Shlomo Tzemach Shlomo Fuchs, Lefkovich, came here, splashing around, enjoying a hot, probably August day here on the, on the Puanka, when they were discussing the horrible news from the Zionist Congress. It was in 1903, that, that summer, that Herzl himself promoted the idea of establishing a Jewish homeland, a Jewish polity in Uganda. That idea split the Zionist movement. It caused uh, in horrible disillusionment among so many uh, Zionist Jews and certainly among David and his friends here in Poinsk. So here they were, right where I'm standing, on the Ponka River, discussing their disillusionment and they, they swore, they vowed formally to each other that as soon as it's possible, we're going to go to Palestine and we're going to work to make this dream come true. We're going to build a Jewish homeland again back in Israel. And of course they did so only, only some three years later when David, for instance, was, uh, was 20. David's attachment to Zionism grew markedly, and in fact, in leaps and bounds, when he was uh, a teenager. He was only 13, maybe 14, it's not entirely clear. Was it 1899 or was it 1900? He and his uh, closest friends, Tzemach, Fuchs, Lefkovich, decided to create an organization, a club, as it were, uh, that they called Ezra. And uh, one of the main points of this club was that they would learn Hebrew and speak to each other only in Hebrew, which was still, you know, a very uh, rare thing among 
among the Jews of Europe. They spoke Yiddish, obviously, or other national languages. But Hebrew, though, it had been a, a language of the press even for several decades, was, was not widely spoken. So the boys at 13 or 14, in David's case, switched to spoken Hebrew. The fact that David and his friends chose the name Ezra for their club, you know, speaks volumes. It was obviously uh, part of their Zionist idea that as uh, the Jews had returned from captivity in Egypt, as the Jews had returned from the Babylonian captivity to Israel, as the Maccabees had established uh, an independent Hasmonean dynasty in the centuries right before Christ, the idea in choosing Ezra was that we too were going to return to Palestine and recreate a Jewish state. So a short distance from the main square where we've just come from, we're now standing in front of Poinsk Town Hall. It looks like a fairly modern building, but what really catches my attention when I got here was the fact that you have a whole list of sister cities or partner cities of the town of Poinsk. It's like an arch, you have a few cities, you know, the usual mix of Belgium and Italy and Lithuania and Ukraine. But in the first position, you actually have the regional council of Ramat Hanegev, which is where Ben-Gurion left for in 1906, as we found out on the city square. And it's in fact, it was here in Negev where he lived and where he is buried. In the building of the Poinsk Town Hall, I meet the mayor, Andrzej Pietrasik. This is the most outstanding figure in the history of Poinsk, known to the whole world. It's as if Ben-Gurion is inscribed in Poinsk's history. I experienced it most during my first trip to Israel in 1995. I went to Israel and as soon as the guide found out that I came from Poinsk, he arranged a meeting with the head of the Municipality Association, Avi Rabinovitz. I was shown around Tel Aviv by the mayor of Tel Aviv, who spoke excellent Polish. And immediately the meeting was attended by the mayor of the Ramat Hanegov district, where David Ben-Gurion's grave is located. Now we want to show how important this figure is for Poinsk and how important he is for Poland. We do not use this much in our country. In Poinsk we show it quite often, a lot, but never too much. The only proper street name for Ben-Gurion is in Poinsk. In fact, it is the David Ben-Gurion Square in the place where the house where he was born stood. Our last project is to build a house of good memory where there will be a museum of Poles and Jews and where we will show their five centuries of living together side by side. And this exhibition will be primarily devoted to Ben-Gurion as he was in Poinsk when he left as part of the second Aliyah. It was here that he built the Ezra Zionist organization and where he also thought Hebrew. In this exhibition, we want to present him as a young man who had incredible strength, imagination, and who was already creating the foundations of Zionism in Poisk because he created them with his friends. He did this as a boy of less than 20, and he already knew what he wanted in life, that he wanted to create the state of Israel. 
He left Poisk with so much enthusiasm, knowledge and energy that it was enough for him for the rest of his life and allowed him to achieve his goals. Poisk also inspired him to open up to the world and not to close himself off from the Jewish community. This spirit of openness, of searching for what unites people on different levels, in different religions, in different cultures, with different traditions at home. This was needed and it existed here. So Ben-Gurion had a good groundwork which he laid down for himself here. When he left, he was already strongly motivated and prepared for the fact that he was going to create the State of Israel. David Ben-Gurion stressed over and again that uh, uh, his attachment to Zionism was out of, out of love. It was a positive feeling. He stressed that he never encountered anti-Semitism here in Poinsk, that uh, it was this positive dream that drew him to Palestine. He stressed that uh, Poles and Jews got along altogether well. He stressed that his father's clients were Poles and that uh, they all had very amiable uh, relations. That he was not a refugee fleeing pogroms and anti-Semitism. He stressed that these things he did not encounter. I'm standing here in the central market square of the small Mazovian town of Poinsk. And it's amazing to see and to think how someone from a town like this where really not much is going on. You can hear cars behind me, sure but there's really not much going on here, that this man went on to create the State of Israel. In front of me, on this kind of dilapidated building, which used to be a restaurant, there's a plaque, and it has the words, David Ben-Gurion, 1886 to 1973, born in Poinsk. So on the plaque, it's written in both in Polish and a shortened version in Hebrew, the plaque itself dates from 1995. We don't really know this for sure, but the plaque says that he actually lived in this house before he left for Palestine in 1906. For the first time, we are creating in Poinsk, together with the Israeli embassy, a mural dedicated to David Ben-Gurion, which will open that part of the market square which before the war was 90% inhabited by Jews. There were even more tenement houses which were owned by Jewish families. With the revitalization of the market square we want to show this. This is, each tenement house will be marked with the name of the family that owned it, and we will show who lived there until the Holocaust, the last inhabitants before the Shoah. It looks a bit run down, really. The paint is falling off. There are cracks in the walls. So now I'm going through the walkway. It says snack bar in kind of old-school stylized lettering. But in fact, the restaurant is now closed and there's a sign in the door saying that it's for rent. And let's just walk on and we look at the other arches, look at the walls. We have political slogans and graffiti absolutely everywhere. And not kind of, you know, 
graffiti you'd find in the New York subway, but basically someone's taken a felt-tip pen and drawn telephone numbers of random girls. There's absolutely no sense of what this place is, was, or even could be, as if this place didn't exist within the memory of the local community that lives here. But despite the poor condition of the building, the very fact that it still stands is a testament to the story of David Grün and later David Ben-Gurion. It is a striking and positive story of a man from a small town who decided to change the world, and did so. You've been listening to a podcast of the Jan Novak Jezurajski College of Eastern Europe as part of a project funded by the Ministry of Foreign Affairs of the Republic of Poland. Narrated by John Beecham, recorded by Bartosz Panek. Production, Free Range Productions.